Hey, so how's it going? Um, it's going good. I went on vacation. I know. I mentioned on Patreon how much wiser and younger you look all at once, and I'm jealous. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, because I just aged. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. My in-laws were in and not even the one that I like. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that's like. I don't have in-laws, so... (laughs) Not that I dislike my in-laws, but like if I have my choice, I want to hang out with my sister-in-law, Amy. Um, But she apparently was told she couldn't come this time because she's come the last two times by herself. And my mother-in-law got jealous. So she was like forbade. I don't know. Listen, I don't understand family dynamics. That's that's weird. Listen, I don't pretend to know. But my father-in-law and brother-in-law built our kids swing set and bunk yes. beds. And so for that, I'm eternally grateful. So I bet <laughs> anytime mm-hmm. I can be and watch other people do work, I'm here for it. So yeah, I went to the grand Canyon. Yes. Tell me everything. Well, I didn't fall off, which is apparently more da- a much higher danger or much higher risk than I thought going in. Like a bigger possibility than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, so tell me you'd had, you had trouble picking your highlight of the trip. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you some narrower, um, parameters here. Tell me about your favorite food you ate on the trip. It wasn't a big foodie trip, but I think my favorite thing actually was the pizza from the place that like in the, in the town. Okay. They had really good pizza. So you went to, but it's Santa like Fe. south. It's like Southwest food, and it's like burgers and steak, and it, I mean that's like some, right. Like I like that stuff, but not enough to eat it all the time. Right. So you went to Santa Fe. I did, and you texted us about the restaurant you were eating there. And while I'm mm-hmm. sure it was delicious, I was disappointed. Because the best, like, Southwest Mexican food I have ever had, Sarah and I had when we went to a wedding in Santa Fe. And the Mm. way we found it, I couldn't even tell you the name of it, honestly. Because what happened was, we got in the car, and Sarah said, where are we going? And I said, wherever has the most cars. Yeah. And she was like, but there's a long wait. And I was like, that means the food's the best. (laughs) <laughs> and it was so good I, I was like I want to order a second dish and like take it back with me because I will never have food this good ever again wow yeah it was so good and that's so I was hoping that you'd wound up there so you could tell me the name of the restaurant no. it was totally self-serving no I did not but I will say probably the best dining experience I had was on the morning of my birthday there is an old restaurant inside the park um, at a hotel called the El Tovar Hotel. Um, and I got to eat there. And like the main attraction is if you're sitting by the window, it looks like directly over the canyon. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. So, and let me just say like their staff was not that friendly. But... The view was worth it. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, sometimes you've got to take it where you can get it. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I'm finding about finding out about in this life. Sometimes you take shitty wait staff for a beautiful view. You win some, you lose some, and there yep. you have the facts of life. Yep. This is now um, the facts of life and inspirational podcast with Paul and Aaron, where we um, we take we give you advice. We don't take advice, however, we just no. give it. No, no, I don't um, ever take advice. Right. And it's not very good advice. Don't expect it to help. No. Oh, no, no, but no. We, we will give it freely. Yeah. Um, And we will also be offended when you don't take it, even though we told you it's not very good and you shouldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Um, When things don't work out for you, even though we understand our advice is shitty, we're going to get mad that you didn't take our advice. Mm-hmm. We're going no. to say the words, I told you. Yeah. So just we're changing formats a little bit. That was our birthday presents to ourselves this year. Yes. Um. <laughs> well, because w- the alternative is that I tell you about this movie. <laughs> right. Listen, I just on Patreon told and everyone about you t- really And then you tell me about the case. And then we both get depressed and die. Right. <laughs> So, like I mentioned on Patreon, and I'll say it here too, we, I had originally sent you another case I want to do, and we're going to do it. It just, our schedule couldn't accommodate that particular case this week, Um, which was depressing in a different way, but it has a finality, and you and I need to have a solved case every once in a while. But the Patreon that I did this week was also unsolved. Spoiler alert, this week's case is unsolved. Um, yeah. And so, so you and I are really riding a high of unsolved cases. We're going to go to bed tonight without having any closure in our lives. It's going to feel like most relationships in my life. I've only had one good one. And by that, I mean, like, even just like friendship relationships, I've got y'all and I've got Sarah and everyone else has ended without closure. So, um, Great. <laughs> Good thing I have therapy tomorrow because we're apparently digging the deep today. <laughs> yeah. That intro wasn't depressing at all. Um, this is lifetime sentence and I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We take a week off and it's like I've never sat in front of a microphone before. I know. Why is that? I don't know. Why is that? I I don't know what's happening right now. It's not like I warm up for a normal week. It's not like like vocal exercises. I'm sitting here like getting ready. Unique New York. Unique New York. Like. (laughs) You dummy. Okay. The one good thing. Well, okay. This movie wasn't bad. This movie wasn't bad. I'm just, this case infuriates me. Um, The one good thing about this movie is that it has a colon in the title. And you know how much I love that. I love punctuation in any title. Did Uh your house just fall apart? (laughs) It's been a day. Do you... I just, every time something falls now, I just think back to our early days when every time we recorded for five episodes, something fell on top of me in the middle of recording. 
Um, And that very first episode, or maybe it was our promo even, I worked so hard to edit it all out. And then I put it as a blooper reel at the end. And editing took longer than recording the fucking thing. So I was like, no, we're just not doing this anymore. Like, y'all are going to get us unscripted, unedited, raw and real. And you're going to like us or you're going to not. But this is who we are. Yep. Okay. This week I watched the Long Island serial killer, colon, a mother's hunt for justice. Yes. Um, honestly, I'm a little disappointed in the title because a mother's hunt for justice implies that she kills the guy at the end and she doesn't. Right, like she's still hunting. Yeah. She's not doing that either. Oh no. This story, this story is so fucking sad. Oh my God. Okay. Um, it stars Catherine Isabel. She plays Shannon. Um, she was in a movie called Ginger Snaps. This sounds familiar, though. Like, why would I have known Ginger Snaps? I don't know. American Mary. That does not sound familiar. Freddy versus Jason. That one sounds familiar. And Insomnia. That one I've seen. You've seen that? Yeah. Honestly, I just can't believe you saw a movie. I'm shocked. Okay, I've also seen Freddy versus Jason. So I'm a... I watch horror movies. Isn't that bizarre? And then I go to sleep right afterward. Like people have nightmares and I'm like, oh, that was great. Time for a seven hour nap. Okay, Fran. Okay. So- right? I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Kim Delaney. She plays Mary. She's from NYPD Blue, All My Children, and Army Wives. Never heard of any of them. What? No, I'm lying. I actually have seen every episode of Army Wives. I, I didn't see the last season, but I watched every season but the last one. Okay. You've never heard of NYPD Blue? No, I'm just kidding. I've heard of all of them. I watched at least half of NYPD Blue, and I watched almost all of Army Wives with my mom. Finally, we have Patrick. Patrick has last name. <laughs> Sabungui? Sabo- yeah, nailed it. <laughs> you know, you have got to stop speaking these foreign languages so well. People are going to think you are a native speaker. <laughs> he plays the police chief. He was in Homeland. Um, 300. The okay. Flash TV show. Okay. Godzilla. And Shameless, which is the William H. Macy movie. Yes. Oh, speaking of William H. Macy, who's married to Felicity Huffman, uh, definitely go check out the Netflix special on the college admission scandal. Um, Why does he okay. look like the hot version of Monk? This guy? Yeah. He's like the hot Monk. Hold on. Look at his IMDb. I so because I watched 300, so I was trying to pull up to see if I knew him in 300. Well, but, I mean, he had in 300, he played the hot one. I mean, is, they were kind of all of them. <laughs> that, that's the whole movie. The whole movie is just hot dudes. Um, oh no, there was a different guy in this movie that was in Monk. Okay, 
So we open and there's already a lady, cry a lady crying. So it's going to be a good one. It's 2010 and we're in Ellenville, New York. The crying lady calls someone and says she's Shannon and she looks even better in person. I was like, okay. Um, they start talking about pricing and after a lowball bid, the person on the other end of the phone, I guess, comes through because she takes his or their, I don't know, who am I to judge, offer. Right. And their address. Um, she tells her mom she'll be back later um, for Mother's Day. And then when her mom is like, why don't you come work at Walmart with me? She's like, mom, you worry too much. Bye. Um, after she leaves, her sister asks their mom why she let Shannon get away with that. And mom says that Shannon's an adult and there's not much she can do. Which literally watched me sit on my child. like <laughs> Right? Um, okay. I mean, I haven't seen any of these people you're talking about. But your kid's real scrawny. Like, yeah. my kid could sit on your kid and hold him down. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> he's only scrawny because he's like six foot two. <laughs> yeah, but like, when the wind blows too hard, you have to hold him down or he blows away like Mary Poppins. What no, don't. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyways, um, so Shannon, oh, excuse me, I'm tired. Okay, so Shannon gets to Oak Beach on Long Island and thanks the driver, saying she'll call when she's done. The title card says that this movie is inspired by true events, and I was a little bit scared of that. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. But we'll, we'll get, okay, it's two days later and mom gets a call from a guy who asks if she's Shannon's mother and then says he runs a home for quote unquote wayward girls and then hangs up. Great. Which I hate I was it. Like, I was like, oh, that's a weird way to say I murdered your daughter. Right. Um, so mom calls Shannon, who of course doesn't answer. Um, she's cleaning Shannon's room and has a flashback to a birthday where her hair blew around really strangely and Shannon gave her an expensive sweater. She finds a notepad on Shannon's dresser that says, quote, near Jones Beach, Long Island. Okay. And I feel like that's wrong. Because I feel no. like she was on Oak Beach. So both of those statements are correct. Okay. 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 So mom, cause I wrote it down verbatim and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Okay. So mom drives to Long Island and goes to the police station to report Shannon as missing. The police officer immediately asks if Shannon is a sex, as a sex worker. And I'm going to take this moment in time to specially thank lifetime for using the term sex worker throughout this entire movie and not, prostitute or hooker or any of the other words that we use for sex workers. I will say that in most of the articles and things that I read, they also normalized the phrase sex worker. Um, and some of these things dated back to the nineties. So there was not that normalcy then, but like even early 2000 stuff was saying sex worker and not prostitutes. And I was very pleased with that. Yeah, I, I was too. I um, This movie was done really respectfully and we'll get to some more of that in a little bit. Um, so they tell her to go file a po police report in Jersey City and that 
since she's a sex worker, it's probably not strange that they haven't seen her in a in a while. And I was like, I don't think that's for you to decide, sir. But thanks for playing. Um, <laughs> as mom is walking back to her car, she gets another call from the home with, for wayward girls guy. And he says that Shannon has run away. He says he's super worried. And then he hangs up. And I was like, dude, if you're so worried, maybe don't hang up the phone. I don't know. Um, can idea. you not ask so much of people, Aaron? Your <laughs> expectations are very high. I know. It's my one big flaw. Um, so she runs back into the police station and is like, listen up, bitches. I'm going to need you to get off your ass and do your job. Or that's what she said in my head. <laughs> Sounds accurate to me. A detective overhears her and comes out to talk to her about what's going on. He says maybe he can put a trace on the call and then comes out. Um, oh, and then he says, like, if he finds out anything, he'll call her. So mom goes to the guy who drove Shannon to her job that night and asks where he took her. Together, they go to the dude's house who says that Shannon was acting crazy and hiding behind his couch. We flash back to Shannon freaking out um, and the driver and the and the dude she was going to see, um, trying to calm her down. And then her running off into uh, the night and knocking on other people's doors asking for help. Then she ran away down to, towards the beach. Okay. And I just wrote here, I'm so confused because I had no idea what was happening. And I still don't. This poor girl. Um, so meanwhile, the detective goes down to talk to the DA and another cop. They're talking shop when he gets a call from the mom who is pissed that she has not heard from him in a week. He tells her that these things take time and that she should definitely not have gone and knocked on people's doors and talked to them. <laughs> um, he tells her, oh, he tells her to bring him a piece of Shannon's clothing that hasn't been washed just in case mm. so mom is getting clothes together and she has another flashback to the party where she asks Shannon where she got the money to buy her the expensive sweater and whether she's quote unquote selling herself again they get into a fight and Shannon calls her a bad mother um, the mom takes the clothes to the detective and begs him to find Shannon Mom goes home and makes a list that says, quote, drugs, where's her phone, 20-minute call to 911. I'm not sure if this is a list of things to do, things to research, things to think about. There's no way to know. <laughs> she you, makes you a know, fake. Have you ever bullet journaled and you just have that page that you just have to, like, word vomit? Yeah, I write drugs a lot in my bullet journal. <laughs> Look, let me grab mine. Let me show you how many pages I have just beautifully calligraphized the word drug. drugs. Oh, I love drugs. <laughs> no, but for real, I did eat one fucking hell of a gummy while I was in Arizona. I'm jealous. It was amazing. <laughs> um... So she makes a fake Google search on a platform called Omnia, which I'm not sure why we're not all using <laughs> for a private detective. Um, the detective wants to know what he can do for her that the police 
can't. And basically he's like, uh, these things do take time. Like you're not going to like file a police report and hear something the next day, which is stupid. Um, (laughs) I'm just like mad that her response wasn't like solve the fucking crime. Like, yeah. Um, he's, but he eventually he's like, Hey, I'm going to make some calls for you. And, but there may not be much to go on. Mm. Hold on. I got to prepare. Great. Oh, is this when they go to McDonald's and have a cute date and she falls in love and then they find their daughter. She's been working at McDonald's. I forgot to tell her. And the movie's yeah. over. Yeah. That, that's definitely what happens. Definitely not what I'm about to say next. Um, on Gilgo Beach in Long Island, a canine unit is searching for Shannon and hits on something. They call the detective who just says, you found what? Oh my God. And I was like, well, that's comforting. Um, what they have found are four bodies that appear to be, to have been strangled and wrapped in burlap. Um, the medical examiner. I, I think you, um, you accidentally miss said birthday presents for me and you. Yeah. Like you pronounced it with a weird accent and it sounded like something entirely different. Okay. Um, the medical examiner says that it's definitely a serial killer. Um, the victims are identified as Maureen Brainard Barnes, Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Lynn Costello. Shannon's sister tells her mom that since they found these girls, Shannon is probably also dead. Which is like not a nice thing to say to a mom who's lost a child. I. <laughs> Can if you, my child ever goes missing and you say that to me, I will punch you in the face. Oh, more I than absolutely, once. I absolutely will not. I will <laughs> not. In fact, like, listen, I know that rule that men aren't allowed to ask if a woman's pregnant. Like, I learned that one. Like, she can be in labor, the child can be halfway out of her, and I see it, and I'm still not allowed to ask. So, like, if you're if, if the child's child halfway out, missing, like, she's technically not pregnant anymore no. you should just assist right. assist in getting the baby right <laughs> so like so like if your kid goes missing like absolutely i i know to say i will call the cops and yell at them for allowing people to lick the evidence that's what i will say <sighs> call back want. to patreon <laughs> yeah uh, patreon.com slash lifetime sentence okay um mom just tells her sister that she believes Shannon is alive. Um, she drives down to the beach where they found the bodies and meets Melissa's best friend who talks about how some man used to call Melissa's sister and like torment her over the phone. Um, which sounds unsettlingly familiar. So the detective goes and interviews a man who says he hasn't seen her and knows nothing about the calls which were strangely traced back to his phone. Whoops. Um, Claude- I hate when I forget that I know everything about the calls. Caught in his lie, he says he was just offering to help, and that's not a crime. Then he accuses the cop of speaking to him like a criminal, and I was like, because you, you are? <laughs> or if I mean, if it's not illegal to do what you did, it's definitely creepy and gross. yeah um yeah the pi tells mom about the development and so she chugs an entire bottle of wine like like you do um 
The next day she goes to the phone call guy's house. And why does he have a glass front? Why do rich people have glass front doors? I don't get it. I don't know. Because sometimes I forget that all of my underwear is in the dryer. And I have to run around across the house. And nobody needs to be able to witness that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, True confessions of a Paul. <laughs> um, the PI tells her that she has got to stop going and banging down people's doors because it's not helping. So she's watching the news coverage of the case. Um, she calls and leaves a message at, like on one of the hotlines that her daughter is also missing and she wants to talk to somebody. And then she pours more wine, which I'm a little concerned about her drinking. But also if my kid was missing, I'd be fucking blasted all the time. Oh, I would be shammered. All I, the whole time, I would be so gone. I would because that's the only way I would be able to to handle myself. Oh, God. So Maureen's friend from the interview that she was watching calls her, and um, they talk, and the mom is like hey, I think this is all going to be up to us. So we like need to get to work to try to solve this case because apparently nobody cares about sex workers, which is fucked up. Um, Shannon's sister asks mom if she was the one missing, if she'd be doing the same thing. And mom is like, yeah, of course I would. I love you both, blah, blah, blah. Um, what a real shitty thing to ask in the middle of all this too. Okay, but the sister, like it comes out, the sister has schizophrenia. So- Okay, then I'm. Yeah, I think that I'm she's sorry. like she has like impulse control. Well, obviously, we'll get to it. Oh god. Uh, okay, so mom gets back on Omnia and starts a bulletin board with a string on it. You know, the hallmark of any good murder investigation. Mom drinks wine out of a pint glass and researches all the murders thus far. Um, nobody steal this. Nobody steal this. We're claiming this. But I just decided, Aaron, you and I have lots of free time. We're also very good at computer programming and stuff. Like, that's what both of our degrees are in. Um, we need to make a Pinterest for true crime addicts where it's virtual pin boards where we can do virtual thread and, like, invite each other to these boards. So, like, invite your friends TM, 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 TM. Listen, y'all did not hear this. No, but you did not hear this. I bet I could make my kid do this for me. Listen, we don't believe in child labor. So. He's 16. He's old enough to work. That's what I was about to say. He's old enough. That's where I was headed. Yeah. And we will give him 5%, hmm. which is more than reasonable. <laughs> no. no. And we'll we'll call we'll call it Omnia. <laughs> oh God! What an original name. Uh, okay, it so, just came to me like like it was whispered yeah. in my ear from God or something. 
Oh, God. Okay, so she goes to dinner with the PI, and he tells her to be patient and that they will find Shannon. Um, And this is where she realizes that everyone looking for Shannon thinks that she's dead. She is. Um, I mean, she is, but, like, when not a single person has hope, I can't imagine what that's like. Over on Gilgo Beach, they the police find six more bodies. Four that's too that's too many bodies. Four females, one male in female clothing, and a female child, none of which are Shannon. So this brings the body count in this case to ten. That's Mom too in- that's too many bodies, everybody. Mom introduces Maureen's friend and Melissa's friend to each other. Um, when she gets home, the PI is waiting for her. She introduces Sarah's younger or Shannon's younger sister, whose name is Sarah. They talk about the past, and Sarah leaves about halfway through the conversation. But she's also hangs around by the corner and um, eavesdrops, like any respectable person would. Yeah. Um, and so she overhears her mom kind of airing the, the family's dirty laundry about how she wasn't a good mother and um, the kids are kind of like Sarah has schizophrenia and Shannon had her own like mental issues and um, she really thought it was all her fault. Like, you know, it's like it's got to be hard things to hear your mom say. Right. Um. So we see mom drinking more wine. She's graduated to the gallon jugs. Same. And she's doing more research. The detective is briefing the department on the case. He says all the bodies they found were strangled. They've tied four more murders from Atlantic City to the same killer. So that's 14. Um, The PI takes mom out to dinner again. And I was like, ooh, is there something here? But if there is, we never get an answer. <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I was hoping there'd be something out of this. The PI tells her that he had a child who ran away when he was 16 and never came home. And that's why he became a private investigator. We cut to a random party. A man hits on a woman named Amy. And I'm like, oh, it's a detective that's friends with the detective on this case. And this will become important. Okay. Um, and I just wrote, well, I'm glad he's a gigantic douchebag. Um, great. And then we just immediately cut back to the medical examiner's office and this will make sense eventually, but wow, it was weird. Um, she calls the PI to tell him about how she's been matching DNA with old cold cases and has identified some additional cases, but wait, there's more. She also found that someone found one of the Jane Doe's legs back in 1996. So these cases go back to the 90s. Yeah. So we talk about this in my notes, but I just cannot. I am stuck on how oogie and creepy it is to me that these separate body parts were found decades apart from each other. Yeah, so she's now connected the same killer to 19 cases. In December of 2011, two guys are throwing a football and accidentally find a body. 
The PI wakes up mom banging on her door because it's Shannon's body that they found. Um, the mom passes out. Um, yeah, I would too. I would too. Um, real talk. We cut to her later holding Shannon's stuffed rabbit and singing that song, I See the Moon. Oh. I see the moon and the moon sees me. Uh-huh. So everyone's working around the clock on the case. The douche cop, meanwhile, is getting all dressed up to get an award because he's now the chief of police. No. And I and I said, I'd be happy for him if I just wasn't. <laughs> um. So the next day, the new chief forces the detective in the Long Island serial killer case to retire. Um, he says it's because of the budget, but the detective knows he's lying. I know he's lying. You know he's lying. Everyone knows he's lying. The new chief goes to talk to the medical examiner, who is not at all there for his fucking bullshit. He's, like, decided that, um, that like, he knows what's up, and he doesn't think that Shannon was murdered, and he, like, it, it, the whole thing is just stupid. So he's, like, telling her, and he's like, oh, I think she was on drugs, and I think that, um... Okay, so what if she was on drugs? She still well, and murdered. Just, I, she didn't just like, accidentally die. No, that was his thing. He's like, I think she overdosed and died on the beach. And he was like, he's like, do you know what the odds are that she just ran into a random serial killer on the on the beach? And he's she was like, the same odds that she just randomly overdosed on the same beach that we found fourteen bodies on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I would say the I say the odds are probably higher. Yeah. Than- she ran into a serial killer on his secret burial grounds. Yeah, exactly. No, the medical examiner is not there for it. She's like, uh, no, no. <laughs> Thank God. Fucking uh, asshole. So mommy, I'm real mad now. Yeah, like that. Is a fucking, oh, it gets worse. So mom and the PI go to where they found Shannon's body and they hold this little like vigil thing. She wanted it to just be them. Um, because she didn't want to go by herself. She's like, will you go with me? Because I don't want to go by myself. And they're joined. And I like bald. They are joined by all of the like people we've seen throughout the movie that are connected or related to um, the Aww. other victims. And yeah, I wrote, I'm not crying. You're crying. So <laughs> um, police arrest a random dude for violating a protection order. And the chief convinces him to give them a DNA sample, which means nothing now, but this again will come back. Meanwhile, the chick from the party who the new chief was hitting on um, meets with a news reporter, curiouser and curiouser. She's called the news reporter because she says she'd had sex that she was paid for with a Suffolk County detective. And oh, shocker of all shockers. It's the police chief. It's the police chief. Bye, bitch. Yeah. So, um, the creepy doctor who made the calls to Shannon's mom is being chased around by a horde of reporters. So that's cool. He says he never gave Shannon drugs. And I was like, okay. So Amy tells the story of Chief Douchebag, who got violent with her when he couldn't get it up and told her she was a bad whore. And I was like, cool. Can we fire him now or shoot him or cut his dick off since it doesn't work anyway? Um, I support that one. Um, Amy calls herself 
Oh, God. So Amy, the girl that was like um, assaulted by the police chief, because we're going to call it what it was. It was assault. Um, right. She calls herself a throwaway. She says, even the police don't care about us. We're just throwaways. And the reporter is like, hell no, you are not a throwaway. Like, no, we're not. I am not having that today, hunty. So. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for the reporter. I know. Um, so back at mom's house, Sarah comes home one night and mom is drunk as a skunk on the porch. Why are you the way that you are? Okay. Um, because it's just all that I can give you. I know. Okay. So when Sarah says that she was on a date, um, mom is like, you can't date like Shannon. And Sarah's like, no, I'm not dating like Shannon. Also, please stop drinking. You're pathetic. Um, So the mom cries and apologizes, but Sarah just goes inside. Later, mom dumps all the wine in the house down the drain, which I'm not, I'm proud of her, but also there was some place she could donate that. And that was to my house. Right. Right. (laughs) P.I. comes over to talk to mom about Shannon because he he suddenly doesn't think she was murdered. He also thinks that maybe she overdosed. Um, they get into an argument about how different Shannon's case is from all the others. Um, and mom says she wants to hear. Oh, they talk about the 911 call. They're like fighting about the 911 call. And the mom is like, I want to hear the call. And he's like, no, I'm not going to let you hear the call. But eventually he lets her hear it. And I don't know if this was the real call, but the call was heartbreaking. Even if she was high out of her mind and like, like, let's just say the best case scenario in this situation is that she wasn't murdered. She died of an overdose on the beach. Right. Right. Even if that's the case, she made a 911 call that lasted for 20 minutes and she was fucking terrified. Yeah. Like, she died scared for her life, and that is so sad. In a place that was unfamiliar to her, um, I don't remember if I left it in my notes, but, like, she gave the name of a location where she was not actively, which tells me and investigators that she was not familiar enough with the area to, to tell people where she was. She died terrified in a place where she didn't know on a scary looking marsh in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Either way, like, it's just, it's so sad. It's horrible. Nobody should die like that. It's just awful. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. So the mom's watching the news one night and the same reporter is doing a different story about another serial killer who murdered sex workers in Long Island. So one of the articles I found while I was doing this research was called, why does Long Island have so many serial killers? And for real. Well, it's like we were just talking about in the seventies, like people had time to have full-time jobs, a whole ass family and like be a serial killer on the side. Right. Who has the time? I'm booked solid. (laughs) Well, I'm just tired. Yeah, same. Um, okay. So the mom decides to go to the prison and visit this other serial killer. 
Okay. Don't, I would not recommend that, but okay. She asks him if he killed any of the women that they have just found, and he says no. He says the guy that did kill them was a total amateur compared to him, of course, because he's like the superior serial killer. Ooh. Oh, right, right. Um, she asks if he knew if he knows who the killer is, and he says no, but it should be easy to find out. And she's like, Well, why? And he's like, Well, the bodies were wrapped in burlap, and that's used a lot in gardening. So maybe they should try to interview people from local nurseries. And I was like, Oh, cool. So the serial killer is doing more work on this crime than the police. That's <laughs> that's great. That's great. Right. Then he's like, hey. He's like, hey, have they have they swabbed any of the bodies? Like, have they looked for DNA evidence? And and the cops are like, hey, maybe we should try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy's pretty smart. Jesus fucking Christ! Oh my God! It doesn't matter what a person does for a living; they're still a person. Okay. Um. So the medical examiner. Oh no! So the mom calls the reporter and is like, hey, if this serial killer can give me more information about, you know, how to investigate a murder than the police, then maybe there's like a cover up happening. So the medical examiner, meanwhile, goes to the chief and says that the um, remember when they arrested the random guy and took his DNA? Yes. So he didn't do anything, but there's a familial familial DNA match to two of the victims from the 90s. Which okay. means someone in his family did. So the police go and pick up his brother um, and ask him. They're like under the guise of like, hey, like your brother's always in trouble with the law. Like, can we ask you some questions about him? And he's like, oh, sure. I'll totally talk about my brother to you. Um, so they get him some water. And of course, he leaves his DNA all over the glass. So um, meanwhile, the family members of the victims are giving a TV interview about how they think the whole thing is a setup. Um, and also what's happening is that a guy, a homeless guy gets arrested for breaking into the police chief's car. When the police chief goes to talk to him, you know, like police chiefs do. Right. The homeless dude is like, hey, interesting that I found some sex tapes and some handcuffs and Viagra in your car. So naturally, the police chief beats the ever-loving shit out of him. I, yeah, you know, that is one, that is one technique. That's one method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after the police chief leaves him, he does actually find time to do some police work. The DNA comes back on the other guy. He totally did the murder. So they arrest him. Yay. Um, he goes back to the homeless guy's cell, like after he, you know, bags a killer. He's like, oh, I got to go talk to this guy again. So he goes back to his cell and he threatens to kill him if he tells anyone that the chief beat the shit out of him. So that's cool. Um, if you have, if you have to threaten to kill somebody to protect yourself, you did the wrong, you did the wrong thing. Yeah, and, like, this whole situation, I'm like, why are people scared of cops? I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, why wouldn't you just go... Why wouldn't you just go report crimes to the police immediately? Yeah. God, that guy That guy in Colorado killed ten people. Jesus Christ. Oh, he's having a real bad day. (sighs) 
<sighs> okay. <laughs> it's it's been a long day for true crime. Okay, so um the police chief, the old detective and the mom all watched the mom and the other surviving family um interview on the TV. There's a knock on the mom's door later and it's the PI. He tells mom that she's a good woman and she's the whole reason this investigation has gone where it did. And I'm like, okay, this is the, the like, he's going to be like, I, I like you or whatever. Like, let's go on a date. But nope. He's like, okay, like you're a good woman. Um, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> and he leaves. I am, I'm not down with this weird, like teen movie near kiss situation. Yeah. But I am down for this. The next morning when the police chief arrives at work, he's arrested. The police chief? Yeah. Thank God. Um, the ex-DA was also arrested and convicted of obstruction of justice for covering for the ex-police chief. Thank Apparently, God. the entire department was corrupt as hell. The news anchor no. interviews Later, like um, six months or a year later, the, the news anchor interviews mom again, who says she still believes if the cases had not been ignored, the murderer or murderers would have been stopped a long time ago. But she's starting to find peace. And then the ending, Chiron, is really, really long. So just bear with me. Quote, Chief James Burke was convicted of violating a suspect's civil rights and District Attorney Tom Spoda was convicted of obstructing justice. Eleven other officials in Suffolk County have been convicted of corruption crime. John Bitrolf was convicted in the deaths of two of the women found and he is currently serving consecutive 25 to, 25 to lifetime sentences. But the killer of at least 17 people has yet to be officially identified. Um, and I just wrote, holy shit, before this part, because, quote, in August of 2016, Mary Gilbert, Shannon's mother, was murdered by her daughter, Sarah, who was suffering a psychotic episode. What the fuck? And then the very end says, this is dedicated to the memory of Mary and Shannon Gilbert, the victims found buried on Gilgo Beach, Manorville, and Atlantic City, and their families. While this story is inspired by real events, Certain characters, characterizations, incidents, locations, and dialogue were fictionalized or invented for the purpose of dramatization. With respect to such fictionalization or invention, any similarity to the name or to the actual character or history of any person living or dead or any actual incident is entirely for dramatic purposes only and not intended to reflect on an actual character or history. The end. All right, and this episode's over. Good night, y'all. Have a good night. We're done. So they, I mean, I have to say they handled this with a lot of respect, which I really appreciate. Yes. Because I will say, I don't know a ton about this case, but I will say it's been mishandled from the very fucking beginning. Oh, 1,000%. It's a goddamn disaster. That's... Yes. Also, I think that's the title of my new autobiography. What? A goddamn disaster. <laughs> no, mine is mishandled from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, as I mentioned to you earlier, um, it was a long week of me being home alone. And um, 
I went down this wonderful Reddit hole that even though we switched cases yesterday, um, and so I did all this research last night, I um, definitely went down the Reddit hole again. And are you taking a picture of me? Yeah, my friend was like, hey, I want to see your setup. So. Oh, okay. Um, Good thing I fixed my hair today. Um, Yeah, she looked beautiful. Also, you're about like an eighth of an inch tall in this picture. So I think you're going to be okay. Oh, good. That means I look really slim too. Um, so, um, so after spending all week on true crime subreddits, which reminded me why I deleted Reddit off my phone in the first place, because, Mm. um, I will not do anything if there's Reddit on my phone, I will just read every armchair sleuths theory and track all of their information and click link after link, after link, after link, like, you know that Eliza Schlesinger skit about Pinteresting? Pin, 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 pin. Babe, 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 babe. Yeah, babe, that's, that's babe, 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 babe. Is it cold outside? Yeah, that's me redditing. <laughs> so, um, so I found a lot of information on the um, Long Island serial killer subreddit. Um, there's also a website called gilgocase.com that is the official website um, that hosts all the like information from this case. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I forgot to write it down, but you can find the link to the police official like case files website. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find that link on Gilgo case, but um, you know, the police only release as much information as they want you to have. So sure. keep that in mind. Um, a really, really good vice article um and then some information I wonder too, like with the with the um not the invention but the like the the broader use of the foia how much of that would be subject to foia now yeah and i'm sure i'm sure somebody knows that i'm i i, I don't have the time to research it i'm just i'm curious right you know it's just it's something i wonder cuz you know like you said you know police only release what they want you to have but um you know, you can go through the proper channels and even, you know, get to a, as if you saw a murder on Middle Beach. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about that. Um, Where he, he does the FOIA request and he goes to like a trial for the FOIA information and then he gets it. Right. Um, so crazy. Um, and one thing I will say that I just didn't have room in my notes because my notes are 11 pages today. Um, is one of the reasons that interest has been renewed in this case and it's kind of been reopened is the new um, police commissioner in um, Long Island um, is this badass woman. Um, Let me get her name real quick. The Geraldine Hart. Okay. Um, She... It has been the police commissioner since 2018, but mm-hmm. she has kind of reopened the case and brought new interest in the case. Um, she is a badass. So she's been and the new so, police person since the other fucker got fired. Yeah. For, you know, yes. Being a douchebag. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and so she has kind of renewed public trust in the case and in the police work around the case. Um, and she has kind of a heart for these um, for the victims, um, 
Hey, crazy and, how if they just hired a woman to begin with, maybe they would have solved right? this case right now. Um, and so the New York Times, I think it was, ran a lovely article about her and how she has um, revived this case um, in a way that makes the the author of that or the writer of that article hopeful. Um, and so Good. I will link these in the show notes. It's been a while since I've dropped the links, but I will try to remember to link all of these in the show notes. Um, this is one that I'd really like to see solved. I, like just for the fact that this person has been murdering for. Uh, for decades. decades. And they need to know that they can't get away with it. Like Exactly. Um, the, so many articles have drawn parallels between this and um, Iran's. Yes. That like, hopefully with advancements that we have today, maybe something will happen. Maybe now we've got the technology. Maybe now we'll come to slip up. Maybe, you know. I just think it's so crazy. I, and you can talk to this too, because I mean, you were there. It was right after we all first met. And Iran's kind of got a resurgence from Michelle McNamara's book. And it uh-huh. was all it was all the rage and everyone was talking about it. And then all of a sudden, I went to work one day and it was in our group chat. I think somebody was like, hey, like they caught your like and I was like, the the what? What? Yeah. And I spent my whole day at work watching a news conference about how they caught this dude. Like it was wild. Uh-huh. I don't know. I yeah. hope I hope to get something like that on this guy, because that would be Chef's Kiss. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so Nobody would have ever known about the Long Island serial killer if not for Shannon Gilbert, who ran through a gated community in Oak Beach one morning, May 10th of 2010. She called 911 and told the operator, quote, they're trying to kill me. A recording of this phone call does exist, but um, it took years and years for it to be released to the public. It's actually pretty recent that it was released. Um, in fact, the Vice article that I got a lot of this information from was written in t- 2017, I believe. And at that time, the um, 911 call had not been released yet. Um, so, you know, some people really, uh, are you one of those that loves 911 calls? No. I'm not either. I know a lot of people are. But they're, and, and some of them are interesting, like, they're interesting when they have a conclusion, right? And it's a good conclusion. And some of them are tragic. And this one is tragic. Like, and the one that I always think of when I think of, like, horrible 911 calls is um, in the Susan Cox Powell case. Um, yes. And Josh Powell. That is, that, like, if you ever listen to that 911 call, it's one of the most haunting things I've ever heard in my life. It was horrible. Well, and- what what was the Patreon episode you did that you had me listen to the 911 call? Do you remember this? Brandon that, Lawson? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then that I did a... It still keeps me up at night. I will wake up yeah. sometimes and be like, what happened to that guy? Like, I don't get yeah. it. Um, so in any case, um, at the time... So even even the people who've heard the the tape have kind of conflicting understandings of the um of the tape mm-hmm. um so detective vincent stephen of the suffolk county police department wrote and fed to newsday 
that claimed Shannon's voice was calm in her 911 call. Now, this was before the tape had been released. Um, Where it was not, right? Right. Richard Dormer, who was the former Suffolk County Police Commissioner, the one before the bad one. Right. Okay. Um, he said that Shannon was in distress on the tape when he heard it and that she was, quote, scared out of her mind. God. Um, the they and Gilbert's call, like almost everything else about her death, remains a mystery. No one knows who she believed was trying to kill her. Um, and there's a large group of people who doubt that anyone ever was trying to kill her. Um, Michael Pack, who was Shannon's driver, had brought her to the private seaside community of 72 houses under the auspices of entertaining this one man, Joseph Brewer. Brewer's life in Oak Beach, um, according to all those who knew him, was that of just a regular, idle, middle-aged bachelor, um, you know, with just a little penchant for paid, paid sex. Um, but you in general, I'm it's not, not a kink shame. I'm not kink shaming, but um, you know what I am. What I do appreciate is that, like this guy, he is a suspect. Um, but nobody, nobody says he's like a pillar of the community, right. which is always a red flag. Nobody mm-hmm. says he, you know, like he's just a like really what they say is he's just kind of a run of the mill bachelor who has a penchant for paid sex, which is like I can get oh. on board with this being his description, like. He yeah. doesn't stand out in any way. Um, and like, really, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, like about kinks and, you know, what's, you know, weird to me is hot to some people. And I'm sure that I'm sure that somewhere out there, some, something that I'm into, people are like, dude. Well, yeah, like hard something, something I think about all the time is I find feet repulsive, like make me want to vomit. And I know there are lots of people who get into foot play. And I would never kink shame that, but like, please don't touch my feet. I will vomit on you. Like, Mm. (laughs) and that's a pretty tame kink as kinks go. It's like tickling. Like some people are into that, but me don't tickle me unless you want a broken nose. Right. You want a broken nose. I mean, I'll give you one. That's fine. Um, (laughs) My AirPods just told me they're at 20%. So we'll see how far we go. Um, right. So um, no one, no one publicly considered him to be dangerous. Um, like I said, he just didn't stick out. So he called, uh, Michael Pack around 5am to escort Shannon back to Jersey city where she lived. But for some still unknown reason, Shannon Gilbert called the police and fled ringing doorbells in like during dawn like around dawn, begging someone, literally anyone for help. Um, Brewer said when he was called during this interview, like during the writing of this story for Vice, he said, quote, I put my faith in the police and hung up the phone. And that's all he said about this. So um, like, I would not put it there, but like his attorney probably told him not to talk to anybody. So like, I'm sure. Yeah. But, like, probably don't say those words because literally put your faith in, like, I don't know, the rock that you found by the ocean. I'm like, I would put my faith in Reddit before I put my faith in <laughs> And I feel, I feel so bad talking so much shit about police because I do have a, like, I have friends who are police officers who are very good and trustworthy people. But we also know that, that cops who 
know that bad things are happening that do not report it are also bad cops and those people exist even if they are not actively doing bad things you know yeah i think people often forget that the statement is one bad apple ruins the whole bunch right you don't have to pluck out the bad apple you have to start all over that Um, is the problem with the police force in our society is that there are too many bad apples and you can't just pick them out because they've infected everything. You right. got to check it all out and start completely over. Right. When you pay for bullies, you get bullies. Yeah. Um, so in any case, um, according to Richard Dormer, the former police commissioner, suspicions about Brewer were dismissed early on in the investigation, however. Um, so Dormer summarizes the morning Gilbert disappeared like this. After she ran from Brewer's house, she rang the doorbell of an elderly man named Gus Coletti, who, um, is now deceased. Um, he also called the police. Uh, Michael Pack circled his black Ford Explorer toward her. And when he did, um, Shannon scrambled in the direction of candle shade electric lights, which were in a windowsill. Those lights were actually part of a um, almost 10-year-old vigil held by a woman named Barbara Brennan, who was a mm. widow who lost her husband during the September 11th attacks. Mm. She didn't answer Shannon's knocking, but instead she called the police. And then after hanging up with the police, she called a neighbor that she trusted named Tom Canning. Okay. Canning claims to arrive at Brennan's house with his dog, a Weimariner. Um, or as mm-hmm. my mom says, a Weimaranian, which just makes me laugh every single time. Um, he claims, <laughs> right. He claims that by the time he got there, there was nobody there for him to rescue. Um, he said that Shannon was already gone. Um, he claims that she ran into the marsh before he was able to get there. Um, and that's where her body was eventually found. Mm-hmm. However, other accounts kind of vary from Canning's. His son, who was 20 at the time, Justin, told the New York Post in 2000, quote, we saw her footprints in the sand. She was in a panic. We thought she was on drugs. Um, But his father denies having ever seen footprints in the sand. Um, And then Joe Scalise, who was a state park employee, recalls an interaction he had in Canning's driveway shortly after Hurricane Sandy, which was about Mm -hmm. a year after the police finally found found the body of Shannon Gilbert. Um, this alleged encounter surrounded another Oak Beach resident named Peter Hackett, who was a former surgeon for the Suffolk County Police Department and also a friend of Canning's. Quote, Canning told me after Sandy that Dr. Hackett sedated Shannon Gilbert, Scalise said, but Canning denies that Hackett had any contact with Shannon Gilbert after she rang Brennan's doorbell. He's crazy, Canning says of Scalise. I don't want to know what you're watching during this. <laughs> I wasn't watching anything. I opened a post. And- <laughs> uh, we're on it. We're on it. Join our Patreon where you can get more of this nonsense. <laughs> so then, um, so regardless of who's telling the truth here, 
Hackett does become an important name in this story. Um, yeah. This this was a quote from the Vice article, and just keep in mind, this is a quote from the Vice article. I did not write this. Don't come at me. Quote, among a circle of online conspiracy buffs, he is a bigger and more divisive celebrity than Donald Trump. <laughs> this was in 2017, so like, maybe. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on whom you ask, Hackett is either a sick, deranged killer or a Girardian scapegoat, a socially awkward man with a prosthetic limb and a propensity for self-exaggeration that made him the easiest possible answer to a community's fears. So, um, it took months for the police to connect Shannon's emergency call to reports of this panic-stricken woman knocking on doors in OB. And the reason for this, and this is, I told you we'd get into this, um, the reason for this is a procedural failure. Mm -hmm. You can tell I'm tired because my R's have disappeared. Mm -hmm. When the 911 operator asked Shannon where she was, she said something to the effect of around Jones Beach. So Jones Beach is a popular weekend destination for New Yorkers. Um, and for people who are unfamiliar with the area, as Shannon clearly was, it was frequently mentioned destination that she would have seen on road signs as mm -hmm. they approached Brewer's home. So okay. while this did occur in Oak Beach, which was a small gated private community, all of the signs, like the exit here and the like now approaching signs would have all said Jones Beach, which is a state park. Got it. Okay. Um, and so because she said that she was at Jones Beach, they transferred all this information to state police. But all the 911 calls about the woman knocking on the doors at five in the morning went to Oak Beach local police. And so it took months for the two police departments to talk to each other about the same mysterious case that happened on the same night with in within feet of each other i mean you'd think it wouldn't take that much to put it together but here we are um so um and as i mentioned earlier in her final moments everything around shannon must have been black and stark and unfamiliar and just what a horrible terrible way to die um so according to shannon gilbert's mother hackett called after two days of her, or sorry, Hackett called her two days after her daughter's disappearance and said, I run a home for wayward girls. That's a direct quote, Aaron. That's what he actually fucking said. Well, that's gross and I don't like it. Yep. Um, now he says that he never called her. I never called her. Like, that's what he said. Not, I didn't say that. Not, he said, I never called her. But I then they never like, oh. called her, even though my phone records say that I did. I didn't. They were like, cool, then we're going to subpoena your phone records and like, we, we won't find her number there. And then they're like, interestingly, you accidentally dialed her number twice. So weird. Um, he, also he also sent two letters to 48 Hours Mystery, which was doing a documentary on the Long Island serial killer back oh, in 2011. Oh, you have got to be shitting me. 
Uh-huh. And in his letters, he acknowledged that he called Shannon's family. But in these letters, he was like, yes, I called. But I never said that I took her in or that I gave her drugs. Okay. So Shannon's family, needless to say, does not believe his side of the story. No way. You don't say. Um, so John Ray, who is the attorney for the Gilbert family, said, quote, Dr. Hackett told Marie Gilbert that he ran a home for wayward girls and then Shannon was in his care. Why would anyone do something like that? Um, so the Gilbert family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against um, Hackett in November of 2012, claiming that he took Shannon into his home that morning and administered drugs to her, facilitating her death. Um, as of So the crazy thing, sorry, the crazy thing, Aaron, are you ready? Because no. I don't think that you mentioned this. As of this recording tonight, March 22nd, 2021, the murder of then 23-year-old Shannon Gilbert has never officially been linked to the Long Island serial killer. I think you kind of mentioned that, like that they had yeah. an argument about that. Yeah, um, yeah. However... No one, as I said, no one would have ever known about the serial killer had it not been for her running through all of this and people searching for her, um, for her body because not far from all of this happening were the unseen or was the unseen resting places of various other sets of female remains. So the search for Gilbert led to the mass discovery of bodies just off of Gilgo beach, which was an under underdeveloped, no, an undeveloped coastal park in Suffolk County, New York. Um, and that it evolved into an investigation that has lasted over. I copy and pasted this from vice clearly. Cause they said over half a decade, which is just a real like fancy way of saying they drug it out more five than years. five years. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so all Which, I hear when I hear Gilgo Beach, and this is not the same place because, oh, I it's not the same place because I finally just remembered what the name of the other beach is. In Clueless, when they have the Pismo Beach disaster, uh huh, that's all I hear when I hear Gilgo Beach. I just think of Cher Horowitz like donating her skis to uh, the victims of the Long Island serial killer, and yeah. that is how my brain works. Thank you. That's why I'm there depressed. Very few characters <laughs> I love as much as Cher. She was just the best. Well, I told you my, my girls, I told the group chat, my girls are planning a 2000s themed bid day this year. Y'all, I, I know. Was, I was bid and pledged and initiated in 2003. Yeah. Um, I was And then they were, I was like, I was like, oh, cool. So I'm just going to go in my, in the backyard and like dig a hole and lay in it. And when I die, like y'all can just cover me up. And they were like, well, someday somebody will be doing a 2020 vid day and they'll all have masks on. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't make me feel better. Right. I was telling Sarah the other day that I'd come to realize that, that our, our son is as far away from the eighties as, or sorry, my iPod, my AirPod just told me like it's going to die soon. He's as far away from like 
the 90s as we were from like the 60s whenever we were having sock hop stuff and I was like oh shit I don't like this at all like, I don't I don't like being old you know when the shoe's on the other foot right I have problems I don't like it at all um so anyway um this investigation has lasted now um, almost 10 years um, and has uncovered the corpses of eight young women. It's also produced the um, the body of a man dressed in, a bio man dressed in woman's clothing, possibly a trans woman. We may never know. Um, I mean, I'm going was, to assume that it was a trans woman. Yes. I, I, I just feel like that's a natural leap. That is a natural leap, um, especially, uh, yes, yes, but um, I just, it's so heartbreaking, as well as um, a a female toddler who is wearing hoop earrings and unconcerned. Oh, why did you have to tell me that? Like, why is that even sadder? I know because like that's how they relate this body to one of the other corpses. Like that's how they relate the two remains together is based on matching jewelry. It's heartbreaking. Um, Let's see. Um, As well as unconfirmed suspicions about um, as many as seven other female victims who've never been verified by police as being part of the killer spree. Um, All of the adult victims who have been identified were sex workers. um, And the majority of the remains were found on Ocean Parkway, which is a stretch of road that runs from Jones Beach into like basically desolation. Um, Two torsos were found 40 miles away in Manorville, tossed into the woods... Um, you know, so long- and that's why we drink how M feels about disembodied feet. Uh-huh. That's how I feel about torso. Yes. Uh-huh. Ugh, I hate it. Okay. Okay, and we're back after um, AirPod failure. After um, Paul tried to kill me in my ear holes. Listen, that's your own fault for not being prepared for everything to go wrong because it's a recording night. Every week. Uh, right? <laughs> it's because my AirPods are so old. They don't hold a full charge anymore. Rest that's, in peace. That's so sad. Um. So, anyway, so the Long Island serial killer emerged as early as 1996, um, but nobody knew it at the time. Um, Richard Dormer, who um, is that police commissioner I've been talking about, he says that a couple found two severed female legs wrapped in plastic that year while taking a stroll through a Davis park, um, through Davis park, which is a beach spot on fire Island. I have a question. Yes. So after you find severed legs on the beach, you either get married or you never talk again. There is no in between. (laughs) What do you do with the rest of your life? Um, one of them developed a weird like obsession and became a podiatrist and the other one could never look at legs or feet again 
they went completely opposite, equal and opposite reactions. I feel like it would fundamentally change me as a person. Oh, 1000%. And I wouldn't be like, I don't know. I don't know. Like the next day, that's, I'm really genuinely curious. Like the next day after you find the severed legs and you turn them into the police, you wake up the next morning and you're, what do you do with your life? Um, I really like, I really want to know this. Yeah. Because I feel like I would, I would change so fundamentally that I would have to change my whole life. That's a good point. And yeah. Um, so anyway, so <laughs> I like how I thought you were going to ask what you do as a couple. So I was like, you either get married or you split up immediately. Like, Oh no. <laughs> I was concerned for the longevity I mean, of as, this relationship. As, as a couple, I'm, I assume you break up. <laughs> Or you just buy all the leg lamps from the Christmas story no. that you ever see. I feel like neither of them ever bought a leg lamp. It it becomes a real dark inside joke. But if somebody else thinks that they're in on it and they try to buy a leg lamp, like then it becomes a real big fight. Like, oh my God, Tiffany, what is wrong with you? Like, the fuck is wrong with you? How dare you? We literally found a leg. Yeah. Milk it for all it's worth. Um, so anyway, um, when the bodies were discovered along Ocean Parkway in 2010, while they were searching for Shannon Gilbert, one of the cops who was involved in the 1996 investigation called police and recommended running a DNA test. Um, and that's how they were able to match the legs to the, one of the victims who was found in that mass of four bodies that was found that one day. Like, sure. can you imagine like being retired and sitting at home and knowing that the people who are working are going to fuck it up so badly? You've got to call and tell them how to do it. God, no, I can't imagine caring that much about my job that I want to call right? and tell the people after me how to do it. Um, so. Because this is unsolved and because there's not even hard evidence to tie anyone to anything. Um, the closest thing is Dr. Hackett who I've already mentioned. Um, most of it is circumstantial evidence. And um, this case is, is not in a place where we can present a whole bunch of suspects and also mm -hmm. not be sued. Um and I, I quite like not being sued. It's one of my favorite things about existing. Listen, one of my goals in life is to go all the way through my entire life without being deposed. Right. Right. Um, so um, I am going to instead give you a timeline of events surrounding what we know. Um, and some of them are unconfirmed, such as like there I mentioned uh up to seven victims who are possible victims of the long Island serial killer, but they're unconfirmed as of sure. now. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is a timeline of events as we currently know it. Um, starting all the way back, April 20th, 1996, two female legs wrapped in a plastic bag were discovered on the um, Bayside shore of fire Island. Um, the victim is referred to as Fire Island Jane Doe, which is kind of a, a rad rock band name, but like not 
not one to give the victim of a violent crime not loving it yeah not loving it for the name of a victim yeah um her skull would later be found um on april 11th 2011 um and here she was named jane doe number seven um and so the two sets of remains were later linked by dna right on June 28th, 1997, so a little over a year later, um, the dismembered torso of a young African-American female was found in Hempstead Lake State Park, New York. She had a tattoo of a heart-shaped peach on her left breast, and so she was given the name Peaches. Police estimate she died less than three days before she was discovered. On April 11th, 2011... Um, police discovered skeletal human remains um, inside a plastic bag near Jones State Park. Referred, she, um, these remains were referred to as Jane Doe number three, and it wasn't until December of 2016 that Peaches and Jane Doe number three were positively linked as being the same person through DNA. Um, DNA analysis also finally identified Peaches as the mother of Baby Doe. Um, they were this was suspected because they were both found wearing matching jewelry which is what i mentioned earlier november 19th 2000 the torso of a woman was discovered by hikers in the long island pine barrens in manorville the torso was wrapped in garbage bags and dumped in the woods near halsey manor road she was named the manorville jane doe Um, On April 4th, 2011, a skull, a pair of hands, and a right foot were found in a plastic bag near Ocean Parkway on Gilgo Beach. These remains were designated Jane Doe number six until they were linked to Manorville Jane Doe. Um, In May 2020, so actually pretty recently, Mm -hmm. uh, just less than a year ago. Yay! um, They... Do what? I said yay! Yeah. Um, they were able to announce that they had positively positively identified this Jane Doe as Valerie Mack, who was 24 at the time of her death. Um, so November 23rd, 2000, this is one that is not officially linked, but is suspected to be linked. Um, hunters found the body of an either white or Hispanic man in the woods of the eastbound side of the Long Island Expressway. Um, in North Shirley, the victim had black hair and was wearing blue and white striped gap, gap boxers. Um, he was estimated to be between 30 and 45 years old. He was five foot six to six feet tall. Um, surgical staple was noted embedded in his chin. He had multiple traumatic injuries, including a crushed larynx implying that he was strangled. Um, now he does not fit the MO of all the others because all the other victim profiles were women. Um, but there are several things that police think may link him to the Long Island serial killer murders. Sure. Um, so then July 26, 2003, a naked and dismembered torso of a female missing its head and hands were found in Manorville. Um, Great. A tattoo on her back had been de- mutilated um, seven months later, she was identified as Jessica Taylor. Um, oh, after they talk about her in the movie. Uh, yeah. Detectives oh, released photos of her tattoo, and that's what led to her identification. Um, oh, baby. 
On May 9th, 2011, a skull, a pair of hands, and a forearm found on Gilgamesh. No, Beach a forearm. No, I take it back. Torso is not a forearm. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but what a reaction. <laughs> I am offended. Why? Ugh. Okay. Um, on November 10th, that 2000. That me. Right. Uh, on november 10th 2003 a badly decomposed body was found in manorville 400 yards south of the long island expressway um a hunter discovered this body in a wooded area about three miles east of the woods where the bodies of jessica taylor and valerie mack had been dumped autopsy results were inconclusive the victim was caucasian 35 to 50 years old, about five, six, five foot six, and had died up to four months earlier. Um, this victim was identified in 2015, but the family asked authorities not to release his name. The case remains an active homicide investigation. Well, and that's the family's right. Right. Um, and that's one of those that was not officially linked. Um, Another not officially linked is March 3rd, 2007, a suitcase containing the dismembered torso of an unidentified Hispanic or light-skinned African-American female washed up on the beach at Harbor Island Park in Mamanaric. I've stumbled over this word on this podcast before, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Mamanaric. Mamanaric. A few weeks later, her the legs were. Uh huh. Thank you. Um, I don't even know. I'm just guessing. Thought no, that could be. Mamaronic. Mamaronic. I'm gonna say mamaronic. Let's just Probably. say Montauk and call it a day. Montauk's up there. It's fine. Perfect. Close enough. Anem- anemone. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks later, her legs washed up in a different area of Long Island. Um, a stab wound was noted on her torso. She had a tattoo of two cherries on her white right breast. She has never been identified. She is referred to as cherries by investigator. Okay. Like, I, don't, maybe, I don't love that. Can we You not? could just call her cherry and that's like a name, but like cherries is awfully reductive. Okay. But like, can we not call women by their tattoo? Like, Ooh, that's, no right and i don't know i don't know the solution because i don't like jane doe either like so i mean i'm really just contributing to the problem here i have no solutions it's it's not this poor woman's fault that you have so many fucking jane does that you've run out of ways to list them but don't call her cherries or peach like ugh, right um so it's on like July. if they named them after emojis. Oh, that's laughing emoji over there. I like why? <laughs> I'm so- Can you imagine like autopsy notes performed autopsy on rolling on floor laughing? But it's not much better. It's much- <laughs> um, indicated oh ligature marks on pile of shit. Uh- <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, man. So, um, on July 9th, 2007, 
Maureen Brannard Barnes, who was 25, was last seen in her room at the Super 8 Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. She left her room in Norwich, uh, Connecticut, to meet a client she'd booked through Craigslist. She was reported missing on July 14th, 2007. Her body was oh, later found. Oh, that's my son's birthday, not 2007, but July 14th. Oh. Her body was later found December 13th, 2010, beside Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. She had been strangled. Um, and this is one of several Craigslist um, listings that brought um, this particular killer, before they realized so many of these were linked, mm -hmm. um, to be known as the Craigslist Strangler for a while. Yeah. So not the Craigslist killer who was the other dude from Boston. Right. He was um, the Craigslist strangler. Right. Okay. So then June 23rd, 2008, not officially linked. Um, Tanya Rush, who was 39, was last seen around 3 a.m. walking toward a subway station in Brooklyn. Her dismembered body was found June 27th, so four days later. Um, in Belmore, crammed inside a suitcase police stated that it was a particularly brutal murder there was a lot of rage in this um like and you, all you murders don't think, are particularly brutal well and like did you have to make that statement when the body was shoved inside a goddamn suitcase like also i just i have a question like what does it take to be officially linked to the murders because every i feel like everything you're saying is like mm, it's not officially linked but and i'm like okay there can't be 47 victims who are all not officially linked to one killer who were definitely all killed by the same dude. Right. So the seven that are not officially linked, um, part of it is like Tanya Rush is not officially linked because her murder does not quite match the MO of the others. And also her body was found very soon after her disappearance. Okay. Um, it was found um, in a very different location, but it has enough similarities that it could be indications of right of okay. him of the murder, like losing his cool. Yeah. Um, so it's not different enough that it has to be a different killer, but I it mean, is I, also I just I not can't imagine a, a murderer losing his his cool. Right. Um, That's weird. So then July 12, 2009, Melissa Bartholomew, um, who was 24, <clears throat> was last seen outside her apartment on Underhill Avenue in the Bronx. She had arranged for a $1,000 date with a client the next night somewhere on Long Island. After her disappearance, her sister received several phone calls from a man using Melissa's cell phone and claiming to be her killer. Her body was discovered December 11, 2010. Um she had been strangled and then may 1st 2010 is shannon gilbert we've talked about her at length mm -hmm. um they searched for her body for 19 months before she was discovered december 13th 2011 about a quarter mile from where she was last seen so by the way her body was only a quarter mile from the last place she was like her last known location and it took them 19 months to find her and that is the thing that really gets me and, and it got me in the movie too is they were like oh, like we are searching for her. We can't find her. We can't find her. We can't find her. And then there's two dudes like throwing a football on a beach and they're like, oh, look, a body. Like that's, it's too simple. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, and it doesn't seem to me, and it, 
it doesn't seem to me that a body would be laying out in that like open way for so long and nobody. That's what I was about to say is especially since it's clear all of these bodies had been moved possibly more than once. I wonder, I, I just wonder what happened in the in-between. And that to me is the, the like the deciding factor of like, Hey, she probably didn't die of an overdose just randomly on this beach because the idea that she died of an overdose on this beach where they have found 10 other bodies of murdered people where, you know, you know, it's like a known dumping ground and also where they searched for her and didn't find well, her. And then was about like to- several months later, her body was just like there. Well, that's what I was about to say is like, if that's the story that police want to stick with and say that she overdosed, then what they're actually saying is we like, they're admitting to being really shitty at their job that they couldn't even walk a what did i say a quarter mile they couldn't walk yeah. a whole quarter mile to look for her yeah we like, fucked this up so bad that we found yeah. we found nine other dead bodies we didn't find hers right like oh okay. sorry we we got distracted along the way like jesus and they didn't find those like they found those on december or they found those at December 11th. She disappeared in May of 2010. Yeah. So like, even then that's a six month gap six for them later, to have gone a quarter mile. Yeah, six like, months later, we found 10 other bodies, but we didn't find her. And then a year later we found her like, right. <laughs> and she just dropped dead of a drug overdose in like the most random secluded spot where we didn't find her, even though we were looking and also found 10 other bodies. Right. What? Right. Exactly. Um, so on May 3rd, 2010, oh, that's, I've already covered that. So this is still more about her. This is Dr. Hackett calling. Um, so June 6th, 2010, this is a confirmed case. Now, uh, Megan Waterman, who was 22 was last seen in Hopage, New York, um, walking toward a convenience store. She'd been staying in a holiday Inn express and was, captured on a security camera walking out of the hotel around 1 30 a.m her body was discovered december 13th 2010 near gilgo beach she had been strangled um september 2nd 2010 amber lynn costello was last seen by her roommate leaving her home near north Babylon in north babylon to meet a client the client had called three to four times and offered amber fifteen hundred dollars for her services Police discovered her body on December 13th, 2010 um, on Gilgo Beach as well. She had been strangled. December 11th, 2010, a Suffolk County police canine unit searching for Shannon Gilbert discovered. So it it couldn't even be the police. Their dog had to do the work for them. Just. Uh, Well, I mean, because he's the goodest. He's the goodest. Right. He's the goodest. I hope he got lots of treats. I'm sure he did because he's um, a good the, boy. He felt like he did the thing that p- the police couldn't do. Right. They're like, Oh so, man, we're so bored. We can't do our jobs. You do it. And then he did. So. So on December 11th, the canine unit found was searching for Shannon Gilbert. When they discovered the skeletal remains on Gilgo beach, the first victim they discovered was, melissa bartholomew and then over the course of the next two days they discovered three more sets of skeletal remains um within about 500 feet of each other um and so december 15 2010 the fbi decides they're going to step in um 
And let's see. And then things start kind of happening pretty quickly. Um, for a while, like, especially after the FBI comes in, like things start happening, they get some stuff done. Um, so within about a month, they reveal the identity of Ford victims. Um, Megan Waterman, Maureen Brainard Barnes, Melissa Bartholomew and Amberlynn Costello. Mm-hmm. Um, these victims become known as the Gilgo beach Four. Um, and so district attorney Thomas Spoda, who I think is the one that, um, goes down in your movie. Yeah. Mr. Obstruction of justice. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. Um, states that the serial killer is responsible. Like he's finally pieced this together. Like, Oh, good. You're the DA, not a cop, but okay. <laughs> I like that he, I like to think he put his hands on his belt buckle as he said this, just like, yep. Um, he reveals that the four victims worked as, um, sex workers using Craigslist. And this is what leads the, um, press to start using the moniker, the Craigslist strangler. Um, so they March- found the Craigslist killer and they were like, Oh no, you get that name. We have to find a different name for this. Dude. <laughs> right. So March 29th, 2011, Suffolk County police returned to Gilgo beach to continue to search for Shannon Gilbert. One mile east of the original site, police discover a skull, forearm, and hands. Those were the remains of Jessica Taylor. Um, March 31st, police state that a fifth set of remains are discovered that are not Shannon Gilbert. April 4th, 2011, police find three more sets of human remains. Um, it's in this discovery that they find the trans woman. Um this cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head, um, which is different than the others that have been strangled. Um, they also, also find... I feel like in that case, it could be like a... Um, a person losing their... I don't want to say cool, because clearly this, this dude is not cool, but... Um, like he doesn't have any chill to begin with, but like I feel like if you're if you're a serial killer and also a douchebag and an asshole and like the worst person alive, and uh-huh. then you um, solicit services from a woman, and then you find out that woman a transphobic is asshole is what you're saying, and you're a transphobic asshole. I feel like you could lose your shit and murder them by. Right. Blood force trauma, which actually is probably kinder than strangling them. Right. Oh, yeah. I They definitely linked this to this, to the same serial killer, and I believe it, but I'm just saying, like, this one is very different, and I think that it is absolutely, like, I think it's exactly how you describe that it. it's a rage killing out eight of crime? eight crime. Yes. I feel um, like it, and this is like a total aside, but I feel like as Americans, as people that live in this country, we are so and not even us as people like the police and our government are so terrified of the words hate crime and it's really doing all of us a disservice at this point so 100%. So let's call a spade a spade. It's a hate crime. Cool. Thanks. Um this is where they also find um the remains of Jane Doe number 6 and um Baby Doe. No. Yep. Why, so, kill, why why kill the baby? <sighs> um 
April 11, 2011, they discover um, the remains on Jones Beach of Jane Doe number three. Um, that is Peaches. That's the mother. Um, they also discover the um, rest of the remains of Fire Island Jane Doe from 1996. Um, and so I'm going to jump ahead because we've kind of talked about most of this as we found cases earlier. Um, so do, 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 do. November 29, 2011 police commissioner, Richard Dormer reveals that police now believe one serial killer is responsible and that Shannon Gilbert's case is not connected. Dormer states, quote, we believe that it's just a coincidence that she went missing in Oak beach and the bodies were found on Gilgo beach, which you and I have already stated our belief on that. But what do we know? We just read hundreds of hours of true crime at this point. Like, Yeah, I have just been researching true crime since I was a child. I feel like at this point we have had more investigative training than just about anybody. One time my school librarian called my parents because she was concerned about what I was checking That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Also, she was a narc. so. (laughs) So... December 6th, 2011, Shannon Gilbert's pocketbook, ID, cell phone, jeans, and shoes are found during a search of an Oak Beach marsh. But at this point, her body is still not found. And it's like, how how did you find literally everything but, but her? And also, like, how did you find everything but her and be like, okay, she's not near, she's not close by right these are all her clothes and her everything she carried with her on her person her wallet her id her like everything that mattered in the world like to her identity but also like she's not close by she can't be around here she's got to be somewhere else right um who are these people december 13 2011 shannon's body is finally discovered um and the commissioner dormer gives us the quote of the century that was only topped by he was having a bad day. Are you ready? Oh God. Okay. Quote, this may just be a young lady who ran into the brush in hysterical state, fell down and expired for some reason. Like she's a fucking gallon of milk expired. I'm trying to form words. I. What? I'm sorry. Your theory, detective, is that she ran into a marsh, took off. While hysterical. Don't forget. Women are hysterical. (laughs) While, while, While hysterical. Took off. All her clothes, discarded all <laughs> identifying information, and then ran somewhere else and expired? Expired, yep. That, that's the theory in this case. D- did you check her? Did you check the printed date on her leg to see if I, it, okay, what her I expiration need to date know, was? I need to know why the FBI hasn't contacted me about giving me a job. <laughs> because y'all have some real dumb dubs working for you. <laughs> 
What? Uh, what? Why? Why are men? Why are men, Paul? Why are men? Well, that's okay because then publicly the DA says the commissioner's oh. wrong and that there are multiple serial killers who are all working together. No, I live inside this shirt now. You leave me alone. Um, and then Edward Weber is named interim commissioner replacing Richard Dormer and James Burke is announced as the Suffolk County's police chief. That's the bad starting guy. In 2012. Yep. So then um, February 17th, 2012, not officially linked skeletal remains are discovered in a wooded area of Manorville. Like this is the same area where all the other bodies were found, but it's not officially linked. Yeah, the body was wrapped sure. in bed sheets, a plastic bag and duct tape. Police determined the victim was male and estimate the body had been there at least five years. Also, okay, why are we I not? Need, I need to know. I need to know who taught like the search and rescue class for this particular police department because they're doing a really bad job of searching. Well, they're not I they're can't. not good at it. They need a professional <laughs> development day all about with binders and like like and a quiz just, afterwards. I just I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job, guys. But oh, I am. I'm gonna tell you how to do your fucking job. What I am gonna do is just simply ask if, at this point, 98 bodies it feels like have turned up in Manorville. Mm -hmm. Why are you not just assembling the entire police team once a week? Just just link arms from one end of the city limits to the other, and just slowly walk through, comb through the whole city of Manorville. Just like once a week yeah. and just like call down every few feet. You see a body, you see a body, you see a body. And just like, let's just do so, this a couple of times. Real talk. This is like when my child comes to me and he's like, mom, I can't find. <laughs> and he's only looking at eye level. <laughs> he's like, mom, I can't find whatever it is he's looking for. And I'm like, did you look for it? He's like, yes, I looked everywhere i don't know where it is i have no clue and i will look at him in the face and be like if i walk out of this fucking room and i see that thing with my naked eye without looking i'm gonna beat your ass that's what they need they need me to fly up there and be like if i find this fucking body without even trying to look for it i'm gonna be so pissed um you know hey if any of our listeners live in or near Manorville and are also a mom, can you please call three-way call us and Manorville PD? Um, we can mean girls this situation. Um, we'll finish Seriously, after. I'm going to be, like, be like, put me on FaceTime. If I find this body on FaceTime without <laughs> even looking for it, I'm going to be so mad. Like <laughs> And then I'll just wrap it up with boo, you whore, and hang up. <laughs> boo, you whore. <laughs> so, um, oh, let's God, see. We've gotten so far off the road. I know. Um, so, May 1st, 2012. Um, Suffolk County shares Shannon's autopsy results with her family. The cause of death is inconclusive because at this point, she magically overdosed and set in a marsh for a year and a half because we're really bad at our jobs or there's and a serial so killer that 
badly decomposed. They couldn't tell what killed her. Great. Excellent. Amazing. Um, I love it. Oh, yeah. So they said that it's inconclusive because after she overdosed, she also drowned to death. And they were like, so did she overdose or drown? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not possible to overdose to death and also drown to death. <laughs> That's not a thing. And also wasn't her like whatever bone broken. So she was probably also strangled. Yes. But yeah. they didn't find that out until they hire a forensic pathologist later to do an right. independent autopsy. I mean, um, why would they have a forensic pathologist look at it in the first place? Right. I mean, we'll why? talk about that. Cause that why? happens three years later too. Right. Um, Great. I love so, it. I love this journey. I love this journey that we're on together. It's amazing. Right. Folds in the cheese. Okay. Um, in January 23rd, another not officially linked body is found in Laddingtown, New York. So we've expanded our, we've expanded our space. Oh, great. Um, I, we've moved I out of it. Manorville. I love <laughs> it when we get more space. It's great. Um, great times. And then the everything. last, I think we have our last body happened March 16th, 2013. Right. Um, is Na- Natasha Hugo. Um, was last seen leaving her home in Queens Village, New York. Her car was found along Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach the next day. Her wallet ID and some of her clothing were found in the sand. Um, June 24th, 2013, her body washes up on Gilgo Beach about a mile from where her car was found in March. Cool, 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 cool. So then September 18th, 2014, forensic pathologist is what I almost said. Yeah, that, I mean, nailed it. Forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Baden agrees to do an independent autopsy of Shannon Gilbert's remains. The results are released February of 2016, and he states that there's insufficient information to determine a definitive cause of death. Sure. Quote, but the autopsy findings are consistent with homicidal strangulation. He does notice that the body or note that the body was found face up, which is not common for drowning victims. Yeah. Um, now one of the things that's discussed is, um, she has, uh, she has a crushed area here. I'm pointing like the people at home can see. I don't remember which. It's, God and they trachea say it in the larynx movie. and I don't know. It's like a phalange, not phalange. Uh-huh. I'm just Regina phalange. Yeah, flare- Regina phalange bone. Pharynx. No. Uh huh. It's no. Hold on. Somewhere in one I'm of my notes. I'm gonna give it a goog. I don't on. think I made it. I don't think I actually put it in my notes because there was just so much. Okay, I'm but- gonna give it a goog. But like, if I die, you have to come erase my search history. Yeah. Um, the hyoid bone. That's it. Thank you. The hyoid. We, you were right. Um, so she had a crushed hyoid, which could actually be consistent with many things. Um, and what they, what the pathologist said he needed to come to a true conclusion is the soft tissue that was around it. But the soft tissue had been boiled away, which apparently is what you do with that when you're done with an autopsy. Okay. No, Um, you know what? Like last week on wine and crime, um, Lucy described in detail what happens to your body when they um, cremate you, and now, like I, I'm just gonna live forever. Okay, fame. I'm gonna I... learn how to fly. Yeah, 
Um, I know because there's a lot of like melting and shooting of like liquids out of so, your body when they're. <laughs> so one of my favorite um, writers is Dorothy Parker, <laughs> and when one of her friends died, she was friends with the owner of the crematorium. Um, she went and got drunk and then pressed the button and cremated the body before the family could come view the body. Um, okay. At least that's the, that's the legend of Dorothy sure. Parker. And I love that so much. Well, my friend Jenny that. that writes books, Jenny that uh-huh. wrote the book that I told you to read. Let's pretend this never happened. Let's pretend this never happened. Yeah. Um, she has a dog called Dorothy Barker. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in any case, he mentions that the soft tissue had been boiled away, that that is like standard procedure, but he felt like it had been done in a rush or prematurely since the case wasn't closed yet. Please don't ever boil my body. Oh shit. Okay, guys clear the surprise party, clear the surprise party. Um, <laughs> Patreon members, we will have a we will regroup in our private no errands allowed chat. <laughs> Patreon.com um, That's for five dollar members only. The what's no funny is that honestly, people will probably sign up for a no errand group chat because they fucking love you. <laughs> well, what's really funny is like all of your friends are named Aaron. And yes. that's half of our Patreon, so yes. they're also all included because I can't ever be sure which Aaron I need to leave out. That's true. <laughs> um. So let's see. Um. Do 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 do. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. I'm working on this timeline. They boiled her. Her. Yeah, bones. I know. Where the FBI joins in again in 2015. Um, In September of 2017, Suffolk County Assistant District Attorney Robert uh, Bianca Villa stated that John Bitrolf, who was a carpenter from Manorville, was being investigated for possible connections to the remains found in Gilgo Beach. In 2014, he was charged with the murders of two women in 1993 and 1994. Um, He's also a suspect in the murder of a third woman. In 2017, he was found guilty and sentenced to two consecutive life sentences. Um, But he has not been officially charged with any of the Long Island serial killer uh, murders. Um, But he is a person of strong interest i forgot that he was somebody i wanted to mention sure um and then basically things have stalled since then there has been some motion movement on the case but not a whole lot um there was um in january 2019 a state senator in new york introduced a bill encouraging the commission on forensic science to use genetic genealogy to identify victims. Sure. Um, and then in 
2019, November of 2019, um, a 54-year-old man in Long Island, Andrew Frey, was arrested for allegedly trying to kidnap two sex workers on separate occasions. He was charged with multiple counts of attempted sex trafficking and attempted kidnapping. Mm -hmm. In both cases, um, one in July 19th and the other in July of 2019, sorry, and the other in October of 2018, the women escaped by jumping out of his moving vehicle handcuffs knives guns rope zip ties and manuals on knot tying were recovered in a search of his home and vehicle he also has a history of violence against sex workers so federal investigators are examining whether he has any connection to the gilgo beach murders as well great Mm -hmm. um so then in january 16th of 2020 police um, release images of a belt found at one of the Gilgo crime scenes. The letters HM or WH, depending which way you turn it, are embossed on the leather. Police believe the belt was handled by the killer and did not belong to any of the victims. Um, Police Commissioner Geraldine Hart stated that forensic genealogy was being used to help identify the victims. Mm -hmm. Um, So then May 6th of 2020, um, a judge overturns an appeal of the Suffolk County police department and orders them to release the 911 recording made by Shannon Gilbert. There so she, There's that she disappeared you. 10 years ago and they're finally releasing the 911 call. Um, so, um, on May 22nd, 2020 police say that they have positively identified Jane Doe number six um so that was the valerie mack um and then the last thing is may 29th 2020 this is not officially linked um suffolk county police have updated their gilgo news website with the case of andre jamal isaac um he was 25 at the time isaac also known as sugar bear disappeared thanksgiving in 2000 before thanksgiving in 2002 his torso was found in December 2002 in Avern. His head, arms, and legs were discovered in two locations uh, in 2003 and 2004. Great. So, um, it all sucks. Yeah, and, it does. Um, I really hope that they can catch this motherfucker. Yeah, and I just want to point out that you picked this movie, so. Um, you gave me the options of another Anne rule book. Or this. So it's not like I had great choices. I wanted the woman who seduced her students into killing her husband. Well, we're going to get to it next week, aren't we? Damn. Um, and this is where we end. Congra- congratulations. A whole you're watching show. The- <laughs> <laughs> He's pushed me too far. I kid. Yes, for next week we're going to do the, the teacher that... God, I feel like we already did that. We did not. Are you sure? I'm sure. I feel like we already did a teacher who... I don't think we've done... We did one teacher who, like, or a teacher's aide pretty recently. She did the AV department stuff. Um Yeah. This is not the same. Convince him to kill her husband. 
don't How think is there the more one. than one teacher that has convinced her students to kill her husband? That is uh, fucked up. Oh, yeah. It all sucks. Um, well, hey, Aaron, while you were on your trip, I saw your Facebook status, so I think I know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. But while you were on your trip, did you read anything? Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> saw your status that was like lol at me packing books to take on this trip i literally packed my kindle and another book that i was reading and i did not touch either one not with a 10 foot pole well that is did uh, you get malibu rising yet i did not i'm checking right now to see if it was sent to my net galley um I, I, okay. So Evelyn Hugo is still going to be my favorite, but Malibu Rising is up there for different reasons. I feel like all of her books are really good for different reasons. Um, but man, like she, I don't know. She could write the new phone book and I'd fucking read it. Covered it right. Now I've not read Daisy Jones. Is that what it's called? What? Yeah. I've not read that one. Isn't that crazy? I've I love Daisy Jones. It's so good. You got to read it. So I was at a time I was just not interested in it at the time, and then so many more books have come out since then that like I just forgot. You know, that's oh, the it's problem. Is like uh, there's so many books coming out now. Like it, it's hard to keep up. No, I totally. There's get just it. there's just always books. Like not that I want them to take some time off, but also if we could take like a year off and let me catch up. A year. Like, don't publish books for a year. Let me catch up. No. No. But you got to read Daisy Jones and the Six. It's really good. Even if you do it on audio, like, there's different narrators, like, guys and girls, like, different. Okay. I've heard it's really good on audio, too. I I love I didn't listen to it, but I did hear, like, I heard really, really good things about it, so. I started listening to um, Sing Unburied Sing on audio. Um, which I love that book. I've read it once before. I'm a rereader, which is probably the reason why I feel like we need to take a year off and for me to catch up on all my reading. Cause I, I don't have time to reread. reread. I don't usually, but like, especially when I'm painting sometimes, especially if I'm doing like a really intense painting and I know that Mm -hmm. I can't split my attention, Mm -hmm. then I want something I'm familiar with where I don't have to focus completely. Yeah. Um, I did reread wild, but that's kind of the only reread I've done in a long time. And then I am going to And I to reread Let's Pretend This Ever Happened just because it makes me like laugh out loud, like belly laugh out loud. I'm going to have to read that. And then my next one I'm going to read is An American Marriage, which I, I tend to steer away from... Um, this is going to sound awful. I tend to steer away from Oprah's book club picks just because the few that I tried were not for me. Um, And so in general, that's not a, a, that's a thing that drives me away, which is probably not good either. But uh, my favorite book podcaster recommended it to a woman who has very similar tastes to me um, according to her picks this week. And so I'm going to give it a try. It sounds really good. You'll have to tell me how it is right now. Let's see. What am I doing right now? Open my Goodreads here because I don't even know. Um, too good to be true. Um, the girl and the goddess. 
And I just finished The Lost Apothecary, which was excellent, excellent. Yeah, you told me that it was good, like, when you were in it. I have... I have not read, but I have a recommendation for you based on what I've heard Ooh. of um, the Once and Future Witches. Okay, it is Salem witches, but as suffragettes. Oh, yeah. Um, and the names, like, I think you will get a kick out of the names of the characters as much as I did, which is the thing that's making me want to read this book as well. Um, Hold on, let's see. Because they're so they're such important names that they're like in the description. What um, is it called again? Sorry. The the once and future witches. Um. Let's see. Let me find this right up. The sisters are James Juniper, Agnes Amaranth, and Beatrice Belladonna. Ooh. Right. Why um, can't I find this? No, it looks like this. Okay. But um, I've just heard such good things about it from several of the like bookstagrammers and book podcasters that I oh, think this it's is right like up a thing. What? Um, it's like a series. Oh, is it? I didn't know all that. Hold on, the ones in future. Oh, no, it's not. There's another, there's a series by another author that is like the Once and Future King and the Once and, yeah. Well, the Once and Future King is a Shakespeare, I mean, is a King Arthur tale. Oh, right, but, uh, but when real, you pull it all up, it comes all together. Gotcha. No! Um, Sorry, I'm yelling at my Goodreads. Don't listen to It's me. okay. The number one related book to Once and Future Witches is, is The Lost Apothecary. So, oh, The Lost apparently Apothecary was so good. So, and The Vanishing Half is one of the recommended ones, which is so good by Britt Bennett. I haven't read that one. So good. I love Britt Bennett. God, I love Britt Bennett. All right. Well, we are now approaching two hours, two hours and 15 minutes of recording. So, congrats. Uh, I'm going to go to bed because I have to wake Same. up in six hours. Same. Um, all right. Well, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Yes. Um, if you want to hang out with us more, join the masses of people who've come to our Facebook lately. We love you. It's so nice to see so many people liking our Facebook lately. Um, yeah. You can find us at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. Yeah. And you can find us on Twitter at life sentence pod. And on um, Instagram at Lifetime Sentence mm-hmm. and on TikTok at Lifetime Sentence, mm-hmm. you can find um, our website and merch at lifetimesentence.com. You mm-hmm. can shoot us an email at podcast at lifetimesentence.com. Um, and of course, join us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Yes. Um, and we just appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, I don't, I don't know what happens to do this, but like we get random emails that say things like, congratulations, you're charting in Taiwan. And it's like, that's really cool. So Hey, Taiwan, 
Um, so I just want to say thank you. But, oh, please uh, go rate, review, and subscribe us so you can rescue my um, self-esteem. Yes, please, actually. Um, and uh, until next time, please don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye.